Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. How you doing, good sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, second day of May. You All excited right, right. for uh, the spring and... It already feels like summer around here. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to be talking today about some notable bad stadiums and surfaces uh, in and around Major League Baseball, baseball history. Uh, but let's get started with some news and notes. Uh, we'll do like a good and the bad and the ugly. Um, and let's start with the uh, the ugly first. Uh, D. Gordon got suspended for 80 games uh, for failing a test. Uh, he tested positive for make sure I have this right, Exogenous Testosterone and Cloistable, uh, both banned by Major League Baseball as PEDs. What was your reaction to this news? Oh, um, eh. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, th- there needs to be a... This needs to be addressed in the new uh, CBA. The... People like uh, D. Gordon are just taking the gamble that you know he got paid. You know yeah, he, got he got paid. a fifty million dollar contract. He will be suspended for eighty games. Uh, he sits out. You know it'll be there'll be some uncomfortable um, uh, what or comments from the stands at times but for 50 million dollars i think he'll he'll take it right uh, he's it, only going to lose 1.6 million in salary for the that's how it prorates for 80 games that's, right and uh i mean you, it's the same yeah. thing that melky cabrera did and the suspension is just not enough yeah at this point considering there was also the uh mets bullpen he was slated to be their closer mejia yeah Majica. yeah um is it suspicious to you that this happens uh, when there's a certain hitting coach in Miami for the first time? <laughs> no, no, I can't blame it on on that. I I no? think it it's more interesting there to look at uh, the how their hitters are hitting, which is extremely well. They are hitting. That's true. You know, uh, Martinez leading the league. They also have the top of the industry batting facilities these uh, holographic images of the pitcher that you're going to see that day throw pitching to you uh in batting practice throwing the same pitches and stuff that's unbelievable yeah that is jeffrey loria at his quote-unquote finest right yeah i mean you know the the national league east in general with the exception of the braves everyone had like a a a five plus game winning streak uh going into to Monday or going into Sunday rather uh, nationals are the second best record in baseball. They have Bryce Harper and Max Scherzer um, Harper had a, kind of a bad week. Yeah. Was, the Phillies are like, what are they? 14 and 10, I think. Yeah. 15 and 10. Right. So, um, so here's to the powerhouse National League East. The Braves are in good company at the very least. Um, yeah. You know, Gordon, if you look at his, it is going from 2014 to winning the batting title last year. His average jumps 44 points, but 2014 was like one of his first couple of full seasons, like 140 plus games. Um, so do we believe at all that he really just like somebody gave him bad advice like this spring training? I don't like to think about any of this. The, 
Right. Uh, I mean, we have the rumors that Arietta now is right uh, is juiced, and uh, in he's in a a period where nobody deserves the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. There is no more benefit of the doubt. Uh, suddenly, uh, at in his late twenties, he becomes uh, the reincarnation of Dizzy Dean, and uh, we're supposed to uh, kind of. I mean, you, we naturally kind of look that way. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Uh, now, I mean, the answer to this is that we just legalize everything. Yeah, you know, and well, just like, that go avenue. ahead. I, and, but I'm not willing to do that. Uh, I yeah. don't want to look at people with continued suspicion. I don't. I mean, D. Gordon had, uh, you know, all, all beliefs to him. I, you know, whatever. I mean, he said that he doesn't know how this happened, and there were X amount of negative uh, tests. And uh, I, I've heard that too many times. And Ryan Braun has scratched uh, or has eliminated anybody's defense verbal defense you yeah. know you have to show physical uh proof that right uh, then you're the, innocent the eye test isn't the same as it was no no but the eye test i think definitely goes to the statistics and so a batting average that jumps 44 points you know when he's i mean i, I don't know that's you know that's suspicious brady anderson you know exactly but, um, yeah, I mean, I agree, though, that the suspension has to be more stringent. I mean, we've talked about this before, a two strikes and you're out, you know, uh, a full year for the first time, second time you're out of baseball. And he is a significant player. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he le- I mean, he led the league in hitting. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, should they strip his batting title from him? Uh, he would say, what are they going to do? Come to his house and take away the plaque, you know? Uh, Put the asterisk and award it to whoever was second last year. I forget who. Whatever. He got $50 million. Yeah, that's true. He, he won in the most important category there for him. There you go. So, all right. Well, that's the ugly. Let's look at the good real quick. And for that, uh, let's focus on the Chicago White Sox. Um, they are sitting, uh, like, at the top of Major League Baseball, Um their top three pitchers are have the best performance of any, you know, front of the rotation in baseball. Is this a surprise, or is this a team that we thought we were going to get last year? Well, I, I think it's more a little of both. A yeah. little of both. Uh, I didn't think the White Sox would be this good, and they probably aren't. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are. Well, we got no, a no, month sample size uh, now. Okay, but. I mean, you're never as good as when you're playing at your best, and you're never as bad as when you're playing at your worst. So they're probably, they're they're not. I don't think they're the best team in baseball. Uh, right. I mean, so I mean, but uh, that could they win their division? Certainly. And they're and it does look like uh, Sale. You know, Sale has been a very very good pitcher for some time, but he's never won like more than 13 or 14 games or something. You know, a lot of that's the team's fault, obviously. Uh, We know what a win means statistically these days. But uh, still, he's got, you know, half as many as he got last year, you know, this month, you know. Exactly, uh, yeah. He's going to go 31-0 and (laughs) according to his current rate. Right. It does seem like, you know, he's in line. uh, He's certainly at the top of the list for Cy Young after the first month of the season. Yeah. Well, where do you attribute uh, a lot of this success on the field? I mean, for one thing, they seem to be a late. They like the late innings. I mean, they score a lot of runs in the sixth and seventh inning you know, and beyond. 
so far, this year has been such a slap in the face to all of the <laughs> Brian Kinney uh, yeah. analytic people. I mean, you have... Uh, We're going to get to Houston in a second, well, but yeah. Yeah, well, and that's part of it. Uh, but what you see with the White Sox is a team that uh, seemed to really unite behind the uh, LaRoche situation. And Sale took the, the flag, and you know he was the leader of this. He's become now the leader of the team, and he's be the leader of the pack right now, you know, going 6-0. Oh. Uh, you see the same sort of thing going on in Washington. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Baker has made it fun and those guys are having a great time. Uh, what did they gain? No, they just lost people. They lost the guy who's 5-0 and uh, and uh, just gave them away, you know. Uh, yeah. And look how well they're playing. These are the two best teams in baseball. Uh, and the Cubs are right there, too. And, and the Cubs are there, too. And Madden has been at the core of the anti-analytics uh, things from the beginning. Right. So uh, an, interesting, an, an interesting start. Well, let's look at the White Sox, though, from a big picture perspective. Um, they have that which is so uh, dearly coveted, a solid bullpen. Yes, they um, do. And then, you know, Zach Duke is the Zach Duke that we thought we would get last year. Uh, Robertson, uh, I mean, here's some numbers. Eight saves and nine opportunities, a uh, .79 ERA. I thought uh, Zach Duke was uh, really significant for them last year. Yeah, yeah, and he was a significant pickup for them last right. year that we noted. It was right. just the fact that they couldn't win ball games. Right. Um, but then you have uh, Nate Jones and Matt Albers, uh, who collectively have like a .40 ERA, and they've been in, uh, you know, uh, was it they've they've had more appearances than anybody else out of their bullpen. Um, so that being said, this is an October built team. In, in the current landscape. I mean, this is a la the Royals. Um, Not less too early. It's health. That's true. It, it, you, know, you can't right now. You know, they look like they have a significant chance because of their health. The Royals who can't score, they can't hit a ball swinging. They can't hit water swinging from a boat right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're going to be there. They have the chance to be there in that division. Uh, you know, a lot of teams who Tigers playing uh, a lot better than I expected, and a lot better than a lot of people have. Zimmerman has been uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the uh, and Verlander's pitch all right. I, you know, I think a lot of things can happen in that division. The White Sox are playing lights out right now, and uh, I they have seemingly a spirit behind them. But one of the things you got to recognize, and I hate to say this because I really like them, but they don't have LaRoche getting 600 at bats this year. I know. <laughs> I've thought about this. It, you know, and in his place, they have Brett Lowry. Uh, right. Who's, yeah. Doing great. Yeah. They've got, you know, the Todd father over at third. Right. So there's, there's a home run threat that LaRoche couldn't amount yeah. to. Um, and then also veteran leadership in Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. You know, good to have him there and yeah. Alex Avila. Yeah. LaRoche, you know, he's not missing it at all. No, no He's in no. that RV. He's just touring around the country. Yeah, and good. And, and good for him. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the teams, they're, they're, both parties are arguably better off. You're right. Um, so now to the bad, and you and I both are enjoying the, the sabermetrics squirming in their chairs, but the Houston Astros, like, what in the world? 
is this uh is this just a too short of a sample size for them as well? Like it's only been a month, got to give them time to round out or how oh, serious I, I are think, these problems? I think uh, critically you have to give them more time. Uh, yeah. You know, logically you have to give them more time, but I look at their pitching staff. I mean, their starting staff, uh, Keuchel is, yeah, he's throwing all right, but he's not throwing like a Cy no. Young winner. And his last and, two starts have been, I mean, his first three starts were pretty good. His right. last two, he's gotten shelled. Yeah, but. Right, but he hasn't been a Cy Young winner. Uh, Correct. The uh, And then the trio of Fs, you know, uh, <laughs> Fears, Fister, and Feldman have been, have kind of gotten an F, uh, yeah. you know. Giles was supposed to be something for them, and he really hasn't been. You know, so uh, their pitching staff is, you know, they have some really exciting young players uh, all over the field, sure. uh, in the infield in particular. But uh, Jose Altuve, let's give credit. Oh, he, he's uh, he's oh, having sure. an MVP caliber here. Absolutely. And then uh, also Carlos Gomez, public enemy number no, one. He is. <laughs> he is not. No, he's not. He's, he's he's in danger and, of being. He, yeah. He's doing this on his his walk year. You know, this is couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're they're that bullpen. This was their problem last year. So, in addition to their starters getting the F grade, um, you know, their bullpen is still what do you say a, a leaking drum? Yes, it is. Yeah. Giles was supposed to stop a lot of that, and he hasn't. No, they do have a seemingly solid closer in Gregerson. Right. Five saves and five opportunities. Um, here's some interesting stats about the sabermetric-friendly uh, Astros. Uh, 246 strikeouts as a team. That's the highest in the majors. Their team batting average is like fourth lowest in the majors, and they're eighth in home runs. So pretty much right down the line, and that gets you eight wins. So and what say is, the Brian Kennys of the world? Well, and this is saying something about home runs, too. Home runs right. are way up. I, I, I wanted to talk about this when we were talking uh, about D. Gordon. And, well, we can go back to it. I mean, uh, know, it's the beauty of the I, podcast. You can <laughs> jump around whenever we well, want to. We're, we're jumping here. Yeah. There is a tremendous jump in home runs over the last three months. If you take the home run to a fly ball percentage, HR, the home runs. Are you going back to last year? Yes, last year. The last three take, months of regular If you take yeah. uh, last August, last September, and this April, these are the highest months of percentage of home runs to uh, to fly balls. The percentage of fly balls that end up home runs, it is the largest since they've been testing these, since they've kept this figure in 2002. Uh this last month, uh, the 11.8 percentage of the uh, this in April of the fly balls became home runs. Uh, this is a tremendous percentage. And August and September showed even higher numbers from last year. Uh, okay. The but it, they're always higher as the season goes along, as pitchers get tired, uh, it becomes hotter. The air perpetuates uh, fly balls. So do we have a new performance-enhancing drug scandal on our hands, or what's, well, what's attributing to this? Well, if there has, it, it seems as though the exit speed off of balls that are hit for home runs has increased just a slight amount. But the, uh, there have been several... Pro- 
studies done and everything that this would create like a 12% increase in balls that went over the fence. Just way math that I don't understand uh, yeah. or want to understand at this <laughs> right. point in my life. But uh, <laughs> it does indicate that something has been tweaked just a little bit. Now, I don't think that in the past they wound stitches tighter on balls and this made them jump a little bit more. You can doctor the balls in a lot of different ways. Whatever has happened, it hasn't been bats. We know that. And I don't think you would have a, a percentage of ball play. There's still the D Gordons. There are juice people and we can't identify them, but that doesn't yeah. seem to be uh, what's attributing to this jump over a three month period. I mean, and it may go back a little bit further. It may be like after the all-star break last year. And that's when this, uh, that maybe MLB decided let's change the construction of the ball. Just, you know, we will wind this tighter here, you know, whatever. So, the, uh, so baseball itself is cheating. Yeah. Oh, well, they did with the steroid period as well. They knew what was going on. Come on. But they're loving seeing Sammy and McGuire go out there and hug each other. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a juice ball epidemic now. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you're talking about a 12% increase in home runs. That is significant. That is a and when you have and we wouldn't know that here. You know, we've been going through. <laughs> that hurts, man. That's like too soon almost. Well, but Freddie did get one on what Sunday? No, yeah, Friday. Well, whatever. We're setting records here, and the same thing <laughs> is in Houston, where a home run friendly ballpark. Uh, so there are teams that are just knocking the crap out of the ball. That's Ooh, true. Well, you know, to that to that effect, um, we were talking about. Um, I mean, certainly the fact that it's such a like a, the, the, the averages of that statistic are pretty consistent. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just spiking with certain players, which was part of the steroid era. Um, but we talked about how. Uh, what was this? Oh, uh, we talked about, you know, Tim Lincecum, actually, a lot of balls uh, that he's called for that are fresh, mm-hmm. you know, like the, just the umpire just got it from the ball boy. Lincecum over time has, has has notoriously looked at him and said, oh, this is juiced and thrown it away. Um, well, well, there are a lot of pitchers that have been very picky about the balls they're using. Yeah. And I would as well. I mean, you know, each ball being roughed up individually by, you know, they're... Uh, With the Delaware mud. Right. I mean, yeah. so some are going to be done... I mean, they're done manually. So some are... They're, they're going to be better than others. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if that makes him juiced, you know. Yeah, he he certainly seems to think so. So, um, man, baseball just can't get out of its own way sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it can't. <laughs> um, all right, so Lincecum did, has his own showcase this week. This that's week. that's right. I had come, see. I thought that was something that was supposed to take place during spring training. So, how do you it, think he's going to do? Well, I, I think I told you this earlier. I think he's going to end up a giant. He after want, all is said and done, he wants to start. Giants can look at their staff and say, "We, you know, maybe he'll bring back." Yeah, maybe he'll he'll have a little uh, extra. Uh, he'll he'll give us a little extra boost. Yeah. Um, uh, what of the Giants? I mean, in that NL West, we're kind of surprised by how good the Dodgers have been. But are you surprised at how the Giants have really faltered coming out of the gate? 
Uh, but they really, I mean, you know. I, no, I, I, I'm just surprised at how good the Dodgers are, and that, and that just shows what an idiot I am. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's too early to, to chastise there so ourselves. Many, too there were so many injuries at the beginning of the year for the Dodgers, and I knew they had the resources, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, Kershaw is still pretty darn good. And so is Jensen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. hey, Kenta Maeda has oh, oh gosh, he's yeah. looked great. Rookie of the year, rookie of the year, front runner for sure. Um, I will say that the Central in the uh, National League, the NL Central, has finally morphed into shape, going top to bottom. Cubs, Pittsburgh, Cardinals, Cincinnati, and then Milwaukee in the basement, right on point, hit right. that perfectly. Um, all right, we'll go in first to third. Uh, it came to the news about a week ago that the uh, Braves players were filing a grievance with the union to try and get uh, the ownership at Turner Field to improve the field conditions. Uh, apparently, the field conditions were not up to par. Um, the Dodgers were in town. Both sides were complaining about the condition of the grass where it meets the infield dirt, the dirt behind home plate. So on and so forth. So we're going to dive into MLB history of some of the worst playing surfaces and arenas and stadiums in baseball history. Um, first off, what do you make of that grievance uh, uh, getting filed? We we in Atlanta have prided ourselves on our ground crew for so many years. So many years, but not always. And I told you this year that that yeah, was going to happen. I know. They're they, orchestrating the most perfect uh, Machiavellian... Ex- I told you that was going to happen. That it yeah. would happen to the field itself. Uh, yeah. The uh, now, I mean, we the worst major league stadium that I've ever seen in terms of the uh, field conditions, and I don't know how there could be one that was worse than the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium right. prior to Sherholtz arriving there. For those uh, who don't know, take us through. You could see high grass growing on the outfield wall because they wouldn't use a weed whacker just to yeah. take it down. <laughs> they would have uh, these. What do you call? It? I don't. Know, what are these races where they pile? You know, people in these RVs are like they, they make mounds of dirt and stuff. And oh, the they, monster truck. Yeah, and all these sort of things. It wasn't just monster truck, but it was all oh, the dirt bike races. Right, and all, all they would of have these, those at Fulton County. Yeah, during the season, uh, they would have concerts there. The grass was torn. It was awful. It was the worst I've ever seen, even in pictures. And yeah. part of this was just corruption in the Atlanta government, which had connections with the stadium authority, which was also running the stuff down at the airport at the time. It was atrocious. Right. It was that it was the, the city having control of the stadium authority that they didn't put anything into the grounds crew. If I'm remembering this right, correctly, right, right. they didn't they didn't extend themselves in any in any sort of way to maintain it. And then in 91, who was it that Sherholtz uh, brought in to Mangum? Rep- yeah, Mangum. Uh, so did- uh, I mean, and uh, the whole stadium turned around. I mean, the stadium right. authority was in charge of the food and everything uh, up to that. The Atlanta Fulton County Stadium was as bad a major league ballpark, I think, as there may have. Well, no, not at at least in my lifetime. Now, yeah. I still loved it. I mean, it was by design. The 
from the dark age of the cookie cutter uh, right. stadium. I mean, uh, distance from the field, no amenity. But it was where I watched Major League Baseball, so right. I still loved it. Right. I have uh, a similar affinity to Turner Field, which, of course, you know, they will be leaving and. In addition to not taking care of the field itself, Turner Field uh, walls and such could use a good scrub down, but that's not going to happen. Right. And the cow is missing. Um, if you want to go for uh, bad uh, sight lines and distance from home plate, uh, Exhibition Stadium in Toronto in the 70s and 80s, that was a pretty uh, pretty interesting design. 800 uh, feet, I think, was the <laughs> furthest seat away from the, home plate. Uh, uh, Stadiums that were not built for baseball have never worked. Exactly. They, they just haven't. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, you poor know, Bobby Cox had to go from that <laughs> to Atlanta. But shortly after arriving in Atlanta, he was, you know, things were things were on the up and up. In, but that stadium in, in that stadium in Toronto, though, in addition to uh, the uh, the fact that it was a football field first, being a, a, a an outdoor stadium, the flock of seagulls. <laughs> well, seem to descend, and it, is we, that a charming thing in any way? That happened all the time at Candlestick, and there was nothing charming about Candlestick. No, nothing, except that Willie Mays played there. Yeah, uh, and I mean a lot of great ball players played there, but uh, the uh, nothing charming about the ballpark, and there were seagulls all over the place. There are so many ballparks that are on water. If you look at that, if you really. Uh, analyze. That's true. They, they, you'd find so many of them are, are on water, whether it's rivers, you know, oceans, whatever. Uh, you were talking about exhibition park, but uh, Canada hasn't had that many ballparks. But certainly, no. Le Parc Jerry is one of the greatest ballparks of all time. Yeah, one of the quote unquote greatest. Uh, are you saying that facetious or? It started out as a three thousand seat recreational league park for the city of Montreal this when they first moved there and they turned it the first year into 21,000 seats but like you could hit a ball into left field and be a home run and it would land in the uh the community pool (laughs) I mean this was not like the pool you know yeah clearly Arizona took uh, this to the next level right I mean but this was you know this is where I don't know. Uh, the Parc Jerry. I mean, it seemed it had. And they played there for what seven years? years? No, I think just three years. Oh, okay. I, I, I believe uh, the. Uh, That's still a long time. They playing. they played there for six hundred and forty-one games. However many that that's that's more oh, than that's, three. That's yeah. That's close to seven, six or seven. Yeah, it is. Uh, during those six hundred and forty-one games, there there were nine hundred and eighty home runs hit. Even though the <laughs> the ballpark was it was three forty uh, four twenty to center and three forty uh, to right. Seemingly a, a big ballpark. There's this big gust of wind that just was blowing balls out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I like the community pool though. That's a that's a that's a wrinkle that I think someone should bring back somehow, some way. Um, I don't know how suits. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then they go from there uh, into Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Is that is Olympic Stadium just the boulevard of broken dreams? No, Olympic Stadium was Le Parc excuse or Le Parc. I mean, it took. It was just <laughs> such an awful. Uh, uh, it was it was a disaster. Yeah, but a Kevlar roof would have been cool had it actually worked. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it, that was that, you know, before the Twinkie Dome uh, couldn't hold to, uh, couldn't hold up with all the snow. Uh, the Kevlar roof that was finally complete in Montreal, I think it tore at like 25 mile per hour winds. Yeah, but it never did in the Guggenheim and Bilbao. It wasn't the idea of the, the right. roof. It was the uh, construction behind it. It was a disaster from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing to it's think. It's an Olympic product. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are I mean, so is Turner Field, but Turner Field is. They were, yeah. they were successful on that. Turner Field should get credit for for throughout history for being successfully converted from something other right. than a baseball stadium into a baseball stadium. Um, but it's amazing to think that, you know, Montreal, when they, when they, they were awarded, right. They, there wasn't a, uh, they, that wasn't, that was expansion with Montreal, the expos, right. Right. Expansion team. Okay. They're the city's awarded an expansion team and the best venue they have available is a municipal park. Oh, but I guarantee you they had the best hockey rinks uh, anywhere oh, sure. you could find. Yeah, yeah. Where would you want to see a game, a field that you have not seen? Uh, in this day and age? No. I mean, no, I'm not saying now. A field of all time. Where would you, if you wanted to see a game played at, you don't get to choose the game. Uh uh-huh. just I so I get to just choose the stadium and the field to watch the game. Right. Um I mean I you know with apologies to probably Ebbets Field and some of the more romantic um I would I would like to see one in the uh, in the polo grounds. Oh well, sure. Yeah. Um but uh you know I, I, just because of how how much of like a pinball machine it was shaped. You know, real close to the stands down the foul pole, but just cavernous out right, into the right, outfield. Right. You know, the the havoc that that would have. Well, you're talking about cavernous outfields. Old Braves Field, one of the sure. first uh, real big stadiums. Uh, it was when Ty Cobb saw it. He his first response is, "No one will ever hit it out of this field." Now, of course, mm-hmm. he was wrong, but. Um, it was built to foster triples and inside the park home runs. Uh, center field was 550 feet. It was 402 feet down the lines, uh, and there was a 75 foot wall. Yeah, uh, you know you were going to have to hit it 500 feet in those days. Now, of course, people did hit home runs there, but uh, and that I mean you're talking about a cavernous outfield that would have nobody sat out, out in the outfields. All these stands around there had 40,000 people around the infield. Yeah, I I wish that stadiums in this day and age would foster you know try to encourage triples and doubles and inside the park home runs just to speed up the game itself. I mean I think that that's the indirect uh, consequence of the home run era. And wanting to see home runs is that it has slowed down the game. You know, I mean, I thought Marlins Park uh, was going to be the the trendsetter. They've moved the fences in. uh, Broke my heart. Same things they did in Detroit. Same things they did in San Diego. Seattle. Yeah. If New York. Right. The Mets. Uh, It 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 happens everywhere because the fans want you know chicks dig the long ball. Chicks do dig the long ball. I guess dudes as well. Um, Uh, I'll take another field that I would like to go to is Muhlenbach field. Uh, Muhlenbach field. Not familiar. Do uh, do tell. Home of the Kansas city Royals for, uh, I mean, Kansas city, uh, monarchs, the monarchs. Uh, I mean, for, uh, 30 years. And I mean, there weren't 
Negro League teams that lasted that long. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is the first home stadium to have a, a night game. You know, this, I mean, and you think of send me there at any time and who you would have seen, you yeah. know, uh, oh, yeah. who you would have seen at, at those games. That would, uh, I can't think of a game that I would rather see just by chance anywhere. Clearly that makes the difference because you have stadiums that really in a vacuum are poor design and horrible places to play and watch a game. But, you know, they're, they're, they're considered charming because of who has played there. uh, Sure. I mean, and you look at, you know, our little jewels now, uh, you know, Wrigley Field and Fenway. Yeah. They've been really antiquated. Uh, now, the, both of them have gone through renovations, you know, in yeah. recent years and stuff, but there have been times where they were just awful. You know, I think there was water leaking in certain parts of Wrigley Field and stuff. Now, it's had a tremendous upgrade, you know, and, and all this now. Uh, but sometimes uh, it is the mystique of the ballpark. For I, I have really believed that both fields have enabled ownership to uh, just kind of ignore the fans because yeah. the stadium itself is such a cash cow. Fenway and Wrigley are always going to come near sellouts every game if they don't, because tourists to you know these towns want to go to these ballparks. I mean, yeah. Uh, so the uh, and they're not. Uh, they're not as charming as you would think they are. Ebbets Field, now that would have been something, you know, with all of the, the band and the symphony, all, all that sort of stuff and, you know, all, all of the history that it has. Uh, sure, it had that kind of pearl-type image. Uh, if I, I think there are a lot of minor league ballparks. Uh, I'd love to go to Bowman Field in Williamsport, uh, Pennsylvania, that's not the that's not the little no, league no, 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 part. No, but uh, what is a uh, Bowman Field? Well, it, it's it's a beautifully constructed ballpark. The I, I, it's hard to describe. You just need to go online and look at pictures of it. But it does have an interesting story. In uh, nineteen eighty seven, Dave uh, Dave Res, Resnahan was pitching on uh, there uh, for the home team there, and he uh, got a. Um, uh, he called time and went to the uh, bench and got a new glove. He had to replace his glove. And, and I mean, there were, it was a runner on second and third. And he, uh, but unbeknownst to the umpire or anybody else, he had a potato put into that glove <laughs> before he went and received it. And then so he goes into his set position and throws the potato over the third baseman's head. The third baseman, or the runner at third, starts to come off thinking it was the ball, and he goes over and tags him with the ball. Nice. There's no <laughs> rule against that or anything. You can throw a potato <laughs> off the field. I'm surprised that hasn't been utilized any time more recently. I'm sure there's a, a rule against it now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, probably. Unfortunately so. But uh, and, and what's the name of that again? So we can those listening and watching can see it. Look Bowman, it up. Bowman Field in Bowman Williamsport. B O W M A N Field. All right. I tell you somewhere that uh, I would uh, I would like to have seen a game and then also be the person to push the button to blow it up was the Kingdome. Oh yeah. Um, imagine this, if you will, considering this day and age of you know single purpose stadiums. At the same time. The Mariners, the Seahawks, the Supersonics, and the Sounders all played in the Kingdom wow. at the same time. You've got that's Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, and professional soccer. 
Um, and something that was interesting in looking this up, the walls were teal, the outfield walls, but for the longest time, the seats themselves were red and orange, which no team in Seattle used those right. co- that color right. scheme. Um, well, I think it would have been interesting, though. I'm a big uh, proponent of sound and reverberation and how it creates a home field advantage. Um, a all concrete dome. I mean, I bet that place was loud as anything, especially starting, you know, like 95, I would definitely want to go back in time and be at that game in person just to hear how loud it was game five against the Yankees. Um, I thought this about Bush stadium in St. Louis, the, the, the second incantation, the, the concrete donut that it got so loud there um, that when they moved to their new ballpark, this open, you know, open views out to center and all that, that the sound level just, you know, got cut in half. I've never thought of that before. There are acoustical geniuses. uh, I mean, throughout the world that have uh, you go to different basilicas all over Europe and stuff where they like the one in Pisa where there is that constant reverberation. And if you could put that into a ballpark, uh, what an incredible effect that would have. Now, and then you wouldn't have teams like the Atlanta Falcons using <laughs> yeah, I mean, recordings to sound like they're louder than they are. Oh, exactly. I'm 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 waiting for it. You know, the speaking of Seattle, the Seahawks understood that. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean there have been acoustic uh engineers that have gone to uh temples in ancient Greece trying to see how they and and I think you've been with me where you could get, uh, go to one of these uh, outdoor theaters and be a hundred yards away, whisper, and they could hear hear you just like you're there. I know the people who built the concerto brow studied in Greece for uh, quite some time. Yeah, we're rambling here. Yeah, but you know, amphitheater is uh, technological and architectural marvel, right? And, and, and we are talking. I mean, there is constant. Uh, conversation in sports about how to enhance the uh the experience of going to the game rather than watching it with your mass media uh exactly yeah what 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 bring gives it that edge that you have to be there live um the you know the golden state warriors right now because they're in an antiquated arena that they're about to leave in a few years it's made of all concrete and so hence it gets the the thunderdome moniker right um I think, uh, you know, something that's interesting talking about how Fulton County, to bring this full circle, how Atlanta Fulton County was the worst, at least they played on grass. And that's true. By all accounts, the AstroTurf in St. Louis in the summer was about, it was hotter than hell. It melted cleats and stuff. Right. uh, That's true. Uh, I mean, but that was another one of the cookie cutters uh, of that time. And Cincinnati had the same sort of heat problems. Uh, The the grass that was in Philadelphia, uh, I mean, the the turf that was in Philadelphia was supposedly so thin that the ball was bouncing all over the place. That's where Dick Allen is like his famous quote, uh, the, uh, if my horses won't eat it, I won't play there. Yeah, and in Philadelphia too, both uh and this was something that the football players all cited, but the the turf was so thin that in certain areas sprinkler heads and you know grates underneath the carpet right. that you would get your your foot caught in and a career-ending injury and um you know if you if you tried sliding into second base and at any point your or or no no, in the outfield 
you know, diving for, for balls, you get cut up and bruised from trying to, you know, lay out on that surface. So, and plus you'd be sliding through uh, Lenny Dykstra's spittle <laughs> throughout all of the center field. Just, yep. <laughs> yep. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But I won't play on it if my horse won't eat it either. Although, you know, yeah. I don't think horses are going to eat speed. I think we should talk about soon. one other stadium. Uh, right. and, and just like Le Parc Jerry, the stadiums that moved to certain cities and uh, before they built, you know, the promised, uh, right, in this right, case, right. Astrodome, uh, the yeah. Colt Stadium was an interesting place. Uh, Would, the, let, me, let me preference this before you go into it. Would you have ever seen watched a game at Colt Stadium if given the tickets? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, right. yes. Uh, the, uh, see Robin Roberts and Nellie Fox and some yeah. of the people that went to them in the expansion. Uh, well, it would have been. They a tough... did just play there for three years, but uh, it was nicknamed even before the Astra or what was then the Colt Forty Fives were there was Mosquito Heaven. You know, they right. It wasn't just that there were a lot of mosquitoes; there were big mosquitoes. There were, you know, supposedly the story is you you'd slap one, it would look up like what the. <laughs> did you Stop just try that. to <laughs> I'm trying to eat here. Yeah, damn. Yeah, bugs in Houston are um we think we have bugs here in the south, but they're on a whole other level in Houston and to think they had an outdoor stadium in the middle of summer. Uh they definitely did the right move by going indoors after that. I don't think I could have done it. Um What stadium is run the best? What stadium is run the best in, in the major leagues today? In the major leagues today? Um you know, without having seen a poll or, or something to technically verify this, I'd say it'd be AT&T Park in San Francisco. Isn't that SBC Park now? It was. SBC it was, became, oh, AT&T, became AT&T, so yeah, now it's yeah. AT&T. Uh, I, I think that's certainly in the argument. Uh, yeah. And you said without any kind of scientific... Well, without any no. sort of polling data is, to... Yeah. It's, it's completely subjective. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'd, I'd still have to go with Dodger Stadium. You know what? I overlooked it. I mean, I'd have to say that, too. I mean, they. it, it is... It's Switzerland clean. Yeah. You know, it, it, everything is... In, uh, and it's now one of the oldest stadiums around. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, it, uh, I remember when it was... God, am I old. Yeah. Well, and to that note, who needs a stadium sooner, Oakland or Tampa Bay? A new stadium. I'd have to go with Tampa Bay because I, I think too. I think they'll move. Right. And uh, and they're playing indoors still. That is a throwback to the Kingdome. Right. Is the Thunderdome, the Tropicana whatever whatever. Yeah. Uh I think they uh because I think they may be in some other location if they don't get one soon. Uh yeah. Oakland I think is there for a while even though Oakland has moved the most and you know right the uh, football team at least no I'm, even the athletics say you well, know Philadelphia true. to Kansas City to you know uh, Oakland all right here's here's a final question for you on this what uh new stadium was the greatest improvement from the previous so what team when they moved into new stadium x was the greatest improvement from what they Cleveland, vacated. certainly big. I'd say the same thing. Yeah, uh, The mistake on the lake right. going uh, into Jacobs Field, right. absolutely for me. Uh, I think that uh, – and Cleveland um, was one of the uh, – Jacobs Field is one of the first of these 
new ballparks. Yeah, they they were right in line with I think just a few years Camden after yards. after yeah. Camden Yards, and you know Baltimore. I I believe you saw a game at at the uh, the War Memorial, right? Or I, I saw several games there in, in Baltimore. Uh, right, what yeah. was that like watching a game there? It's another cookie cutter ballpark uh, yeah. in a bad section of town, bad part of Baltimore before their uh, revitalization. I I went there over the years several times. You know. Uh, yeah, because Jacobs Field is still high up, or it's called Progressive Field now, I guess. But that's yeah. high up on my list of a place I want to get to. Um, um, I, uh, you know, and I, I, to be honest, I don't remember Memorial that well. I remember seeing Brooks Robinson, though. You know, right uh, there yeah. again, what you see there right. is what makes the charm. Because I've never really, seeing Mike Quayar stick his glove on his nose and blow just every <laughs> inning out on the mound. And make Madison Bumgardner would be proud. I it was, I, I just no. <laughs> that's charming. That's one the of least. the images I have. And that's fair. <laughs> hey, and I'll tell you one of the great images is watching the Orioles take infield. They used to right, take the Oriole extend, way extended infield, and it was uh, it was sharp. As amateur, you know, you were talking about the Kingdom earlier. One of my greatest memories of the Kingdom is one of my former players uh, who went on played at Notre Dame hitting a home run in the upper deck there uh, and nice. I saw that late at night you know like three in the morning on the ESPN or something nice. uh, yeah, that's one of my great memories uh, but uh, as and I don't know where I was going after that <laughs> that, uh, that diverted images me. that come from a certain ballpark I guess because yeah. I guess clo- let me close out with this Fenway Park would Fenway Park ever get built today no. You know, with the triangle out and say, yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely I mean, not. well, because they don't have parking. Well, right, but I mean, right. like a, a stadium designed like that. What what team Stadiums, would let you get away with well, that? Well, I don't know the the idea that stadiums have unique shapes now. I think is uh, one of the charming aspects of them. Sure. It used to be that all stadiums were in the downtown urban area and the street designs, you know, look at Detroit had the overhang, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, true. Because, and that's what dictated the shape of the stadium. Now that doesn't happen much anymore because there is going to be a massive parking area around any ballpark that's going to be built in these days. Well, that's, and then that's where I give credit to Washington. They built their ballpark with more of an emphasis on how public transportation gets to it. Oh, okay. And that, that is available. what, that, that is well. Uh, yeah. So credit to them. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, another innovation in parks is now, and they seem to want to do this here in Atlanta, is that uh, like what they've done in San Diego now, where they've made the ballpark as a nighttime place to go, where there are clubs and bars and uh, sure. hotels and all of these things. It, it is a destination in itself, and it is uh, you might see one ball game, but spend two days down there. You know, uh, right? Sure. And uh, you you saw this really with Camden Yards a little bit. I mean, it, it's happening more and more. Uh, hopefully, that happens out in Cobb County. We'll see. Yeah. Well, you know the traffic. <laughs> With all things, oh, gosh, how is that going to work with Atlanta? Well, so. you and I at least know backways. I know. If you're living in Sandy Springs in Atlanta, this is really where you want to move to <laughs> if you're like baseball because we got some ways to, to get to the stadium that don't involve the freeways. Um, the freeway looks like a disaster right now. Oh, yeah. And it hasn't even, they're, yeah, they're not even halfway done. 
Um, all right. Well, a thank you as always to everyone checking out the podcast on YouTube and listening on SoundCloud or downloading on iTunes. Um, you can find everything Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, leave your comments, leave your feedback. Let us know what we're doing right and what we're doing horribly wrong. So, um, But for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe, Coach. Have a good night. Go Hawks. Good night.